Are you looking to grow revenues, increase profitability, or obtain financing? If so, you came to the right place. Running a business is all about leadership. How do you become a better leader? Learn from the successful entrepreneurs and business owners how to lead your organization more effectively. That's why we created Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business, to help you succeed with your host, Andrew Frazier, Business Growth Pro and CFO and founder of the Small Business Pro University. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're joined by experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who share their secrets to success via live stream. Also, every Friday morning, we release a new podcast episode. Either way, you will learn about developing your business leadership skills from our roster of highly performing guest experts. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com. Welcome to Leadership Live at 805. I'm your host, Andrew Frazier, and it's great to be back with you another week. Um, a lot has happened over this past week, a lot of good things. Um, I'm here talking to you from Savannah, Georgia. Last week I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so we're getting a little bit of a world tour, or at least the East Coast um, tour. And, um, you know, great to, you know, connect with people. Um, each week we have a special guest. Um, this week, like all others, we have a tremendous guest. I'm really excited about having our guest. Our guest this evening is Alpha Devilash, and she is the CEO of Rising Tide Capital. And we're going to be talking about letting the entrepreneur in you rise, you know, as business owners, as potential business owners, um, you know, it's important to really not just survive, but thrive and figure out how to become more entrepreneurial and let the entrepreneur in you rise. Um, you know, Alpha started a tremendous organization. She has a, a great story, a tremendous journey. She's traveled very far in many different ways um, and still has a long way to go. I mean, she's impacted so many people's lives and really um, set a standard um, in many ways for entrepreneur training and development. So um, let me bring on Alpha Demolash. It's been great working with her over the years through Rising Tide Capital. And actually, she was great enough to actually write the forward for my book, Running Your Small Business Like a Pro as well. So um, without further ado, I'm going to invite Alpha to join us. Hey, Alpha, how are you doing this evening? I am well. Thank you so much, Andrew, for having me. It's such a pleasure to be in conversation with you. Okay. No, thank, thank you for joining us. I'll take your time out of your busy schedule, out of your evening. I know you have kids. I know you travel. So, you know, you've got a lot on your plate, but it, it's great that you're you know, willing to take a little bit of time out to share a little bit about, um, you know, what you do and um, insights and knowledge that could be helpful for entrepreneurs and business owners in the space. My pleasure. Yes. As you know, that is my purpose and passion and uh, to the extent that we have the opportunity to share a few things that could be helpful, I am here for it. Excellent, excellent. So, you know, everybody has a journey 
and you know many people's journeys span um, different things, but you, your your journey has spanned continents, it spanned language barriers, it spanned um, you know really being able to create um, your vision. Most people never ever in their lives are able to do something like that. So would love you to take a little time to really just um, introduce yourself and talk about where you're from, where you are, and where you're going. Well, uh, all big questions. And uh, again, it's such a pleasure uh, to be having the conversation. I am Alpha Damalash, and I uh, did start my journey in a far off place. I was born and raised in Ethiopia, and my mother uh, had uh, actually had to flee a time of conflict uh, and become a refugee uh, about when I was uh, almost three years old, so two and, and change. And she ended up uh, in the U.S. Uh, and uh, so really for much of my life, I was actually raised in the family village of my grandparents and my aunt, uh, who was kind of my primary caretaker in a time of tremendous change and anxiety um, and, and loss. And, uh, and then fast forward 10 years later is when actually my mom was uh, eventually able to save enough uh, resources uh, and bring me to the US. Uh, so that's when we reunited. Um, and my mother was a tremendous example to me for everything that I'm doing right now at Rising Tide Capital. Uh, she was actually, you know, the first entrepreneur that I met, uh, you know, arriving in the US. I had thought, you know, my goodness, like it's the land of milk and honey. It's what most people who are living outside of the country are thinking of the U.S. as, you know, the land of opportunity. And we have, you know, perceptions that everyone is kind of living this life um, and a very well-off life. And arriving here, I actually learned a lot from seeing my mom and how hard she had to work and, uh, and her journey over the, the 10 years that we weren't together of uh, serving as a waitress and learning a new language, a new culture, and realizing very quickly that what she was making as a waitress was barely enough to help her, you know, cover her basic needs and realizing that she would have to do some things very differently if she was going to actually fulfill on a promise that she'd made really to herself, which is uh, to reunite with uh, her daughter whom she'd left when you know I was very young. So it's that uh, kind of grit and seeing her having gone you know to school at night, she actually learned fashion design and created a, a company that made gowns and dresses uh, for women who are looking for multicultural expressions of their their new home in the US as well as kind of their cultures um, from uh, back home. And so she was, bridge building in that way and threading communities. And she's still a huge community builder and a huge part of my inspiration in life. Um, and so it's watching her create that business or having created that business and then seeing what it took to sustain it and learning in a very hands-on way what it takes to be a, a community-minded entrepreneur. And uh, so I credit her and her small business 
and really also just introducing me into this new culture in a way where I was also then connected to all of these people who are her customers and people who you know wanted you know her her gowns and I felt um, very much oriented uh, towards uh, community and a way of being in this new country because I think you alluded to it, but I did not speak a word of English when I came here. And so it can be very intimidating to be immersed in school and where, you know, I didn't have any uh, ESL programs or anything. And so it could be very intimidating, but I think at the same time, uh, coming into this new culture and having the community that my mom had built uh, in large part because of her business, um, that it gave me a, a sense of confidence that you can still do things, you can still be creative. Uh, so that's a little bit of my background. I eventually ended up uh, in college um, meeting my co-founder for Rising Tide Capital uh, at Harvard. And, uh, and then the journey of really asking that question of what does it look like for me to activate my creativity and contribute in a way that uh, could really hopefully shift um, other people's perspectives about what's possible uh, and how we can create the kind of economy that can actually help unleash more creativity. So I've already spoken too long, but please make this a conversation, Andrew. <laughs> okay, great. No, I appreciate you taking the time because um, you know a lot of things that you've done have been key and you know really along your journey, you've picked up a lot of things and really developed a passion for, you know, helping people, helping business owners and, you know, helping the small business owners, the micro business owners, because a lot of times they're left out. And, you know, given what's going on today, where there's a shift from employment to really um, the gig economy, where really 40% of the population may be, um, freelancers and working on their own, but most of them are going to be woefully unprepared. And, you know, one thing your organization does is helps prepare people to understand what business is and how to do it more successfully. And uh, so, you know, that's really important in this day and age. Uh, so what made you um, focus on small businesses and really, um, put your passion and all your energy into really making that um, your, your really life focus at, at this point. Uh, sure. Uh, and I, I agree wholeheartedly that uh, the world has changed, the economy has changed, and a lot of uh, folks who are in the gig economy, who are freelancing, are entrepreneurs. They are figuring out how they're going to provide their time, you know, they're in the service sector, their time uh, often um, on platforms. Uh, and then, you know, they, they really have a lot to juggle and manage. And uh, it takes um, it takes quite a bit to, to be successful doing that and doing it in a way that actually also allows them to uh, have a, a measure of stability. Um, and financial security. And so I think it, it is so important for us to really engage uh, with this issue of small businesses and entrepreneurship and micro entrepreneurs, to your point. Um, 
you know, for me, my personal focus on this issue uh, was uh, both informed by my personal experience seeing my mom, um, but also realizing that the vast majority of uh, people who are uh, in communities of color and even in, in you know, Africa and the developing nations out, outside of the U.S. too, um, those who are out there creating a product, inventing something or starting a business are by and large those who are oriented towards being leaders within their community. And we often, uh, you know, may not uh, think of leadership from that perspective, but really uh, it's it's them that are, you know, collaborating to create an initiative, uh, tackle problems that they're seeing in their own communities and really creating value that is meaningful uh, and culture. You know, when we think about small businesses and main streets and you can think about all of the places that we all love to visit around the world. And if it wasn't for, you know, the little shops and the restaurants and the main streets that are lit up and an arts festival with all those artists and artisans, uh, it's, it's where life and color and culture is. And those marketplaces, really, if we think of them in that way, of like all these individuals with all of their creativity and ambition working to try to figure out a way to bring that creativity to life, it's they, they are the opportunity, really, from my perspective, to create uh, more peaceful communities. And today happens to be the International Day of Business. And so, I mean, um, peace, it's uh, the day of peace and business. It's like, how can we create more peace in the world through business? And I think, uh, you know, in, in many ways, uh, that is very much uh, the lens through which I actually ended up doing Rising Tide Capital. I ended up, you know, studying in college a lot of um, uh, a lot about wars and genocides and holocausts, and it's because to me it was uh, a, a huge point of interest to understand why did my mom even have to flee uh, her country? Like, why do we have refugees? Why do people move? Why do why do we have you know um, wars? It was a very big question, I'm sure. Uh, this is not unusual for most, you know, college or university students. <laughs> for those who are living through the the 60s, and they would say, "Yes, we ask the same questions." You know, uh, so this preoccupation with, you know, how do we create more peaceful societies um, and reduce the level of violence? And uh, my travels and studies took me to places like Rwanda where we had very, uh, very concrete examples. And back then, you know, uh, when I was going to college, you know, the Rwandan genocide was very much a big, you know, huge issue that we were trying to understand uh, once we became aware of it, once we actually, you know, I took one course in African, um, uh, in African studies, uh, a professor who was actually honing in on you know, different countries across the continent of Africa. And we didn't have much time, but just reading a little bit about um, what's what happened in Rwanda really uh, kind of oriented me to saying, what does it look like for us to actually engage with this issue from all the different dimensions? And where my heart kind of landed on was 
you know, at the end of the day, uh, and I think, you know, I don't want to reference Bill Clinton saying about it's the economy. <laughs> there is something about how we deal with resources and resources that we perceive to be critical for our family security or our whatever group we're affiliated with. Um, it is very much at the core of what's happening, that competition for resources, and they're going to come and take yours and there isn't enough become such a powerful um, motivator for the kind of violence uh, that we see still very much active in the world. And so I felt like the call to action for my generation and for those of us now who have so much information and data about how the economy works, how value is created, uh, whether we actually need to compete in the in the ways that we've competed um, in the past, or whether there is actually a more collaborative approach about creating the kind of world we want to see, those were the questions that drove me to entrepreneurship, and particularly the kind of place-based local entrepreneurs who are creating value in their communities, who are culture makers. But out of those is how also some of the biggest businesses have been built. Uh, out of that kind of, you know, whether it's in the garage or in the kitchen, an idea has to start somewhere. And some ideas will grow and some ideas will be, uh, you know, without borders and global in nature. And many, many, many ideas and products and uh, services will be grounded in their local community. And I think that the understanding the value of those who are grounded in their places and community as really being foundational to more peaceful, uh, more productive and healthier economies and communities uh, that don't create the kinds of, uh, that don't perpetuate the kinds of multi-generational uh, conflict and, um, and uh, injustice is, is you know, I think there is tremendous opportunity to realize that through the uh, energy and activities and entrepreneurship of um, in individuals and, and communities. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, entrepreneurship is, um, you know, a great way to, you know, really close the wealth gap in a positive way. Um, you know, at, here in Savannah, I'm at a conference and, you know, we had the mayor of Minneapolis speak a little bit. And she was saying how, you know, entrepreneurship is like really the one issue that, you know, you had that was nonpartisan, you yeah. had bipartisan support and that, you know, could be used to really make the greatest impact for people throughout the country and throughout the world. So, you know, I mean, definitely, you know, it's it's an engine for change and opportunity, unlike any other. Um, so, you know, being yeah. able to support entrepreneurs and especially diverse and urban entrepreneurs, it's not only just about helping them, it's about, you know, helping the community and, and really helping the, the country because, you know, the way, you know, the worst of us is, you know, that that hurts everybody else. Um, so giving people opportunities and the ability to develop um, is key. Absolutely. And I, I've seen it, you know, now with thousands of people in 
you know, the cohorts that we run at the Community Business Academy at Rising Tide Capital. And truly, I mean, you can bring people from all different backgrounds, all different ages. And if they're at all oriented towards, uh, you know, starting something, ideas, business, entrepreneurship, and all of the other uh, identities fall away and people just get energized and excited to figure out how do you bring an idea to life? How do you uh, create uh, some something that's you know valuable and serves others? And so held in the right container in the right ways, uh, you can actually create the opportunity for people to be in relationship across lines of difference. And that's really like one of the biggest gets because you know, business is all about relationships. Entrepreneurship is all about relationships. And when we encourage and invest in opportunities to bring people together across lines of difference, to build new companies, to create new value, we actually have a shot at not repeating the same the same history over and over again of division, separation, competition against each other. Instead, I think we have all the tools, we have a lot of know-how, and for those who are oriented and motivated to want to create something, uh, they can do so in, in ways that have been, I think, extraordinarily, um, there's just tremendous opportunity to bring people together in that way. And it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants you know, to get together and brainstorm ideas for a business or so entrepreneurship is not for everybody and there are risks attached and you have to be an effective risk manager in many ways and uh, you have to be willing to, to learn and be totally curious. But you can also do that as an employee. You can also do that uh, working for another business um, and that brings us to a whole other level of what does entrepreneurial mindset uh, look like, um, particularly from a perspective of leadership and how even if you're not building your own company, you can also bring a level of um, entrepreneurial leadership within the companies that you work for, regardless of how small they are. And so I think it's shifting mindsets and, and perspectives that's uh, very, very important as well. Okay. Well, you hit on a whole bunch of key things. So, you know, definitely... <laughs> Um, you know, there's a lot of meat in what you talked about, but, um, you know, all the things are, are key. And, you know, what I've found is, you know, at the end of the day, your business can only go as far as you can take, or as far as you're prepared to take it. So it's really about preparing the entrepreneur and business owner to be able to move forward. And, you know, they need to continually learn and continually develop. And that's, you know, one of the things that Rising Tide Capital does. Wow. You know, Rising Tide Capital have worked with you guys for the last five years. Um, you know, you have a great training program through the Community Business Academy, but you don't stop there because, you know, it's a journey and you actually take the journey with your entrepreneurs. So uh, talk a little bit about what the Community Business Academy is and, you know, how, you know, what... Uh, well, let's let's start with that. What is the Community Business Academy and how does it work? Sure. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, the Community Business Academy is a core program of Rising Tide Capital. 
It's a 12-week program. Uh, we actually um, fundraise so that we can make sure everybody who applies, who has a great idea, who wants to activate, regardless of their resource levels, are able to participate. Uh, it's taught by uh, those who have experience in starting and growing a business. And so it really gives you the foundational know-how of uh, how to start and grow a business and very much focused on managing a small business as well. There's a lot of uh, courses and uh, information out there around, you know, writing a business plan or how to write a business plan. There are sample business plans, but where we've seen tremendous uh, struggle and gaps has been uh, actually learning how to manage a business and getting some of that core foundational uh, know-how and wisdom from experienced instructors um, in an environment where you are, you know, safe to ask all kinds of questions. And it's a, a very diverse environment, learning environment as well. Uh, over 50% of the entrepreneurs who are in our uh, community business academy have not had the opportunity to attend a university. And so we are catering to different learning styles and very much grounded in understanding that entrepreneurs learn best by doing. And so it's highly experiential. And then it layers in just a, the kind of foundational information that you need to then take the next step, which is our business acceleration services, um, which really hones in on a more customized journey, partners with uh, coaches uh, like you, Andrew, uh, thank you so much for everything that you've done over the past five years, because it takes a village, uh, because there are many, many different uh, challenges that entrepreneurs face uh, as they're starting to uh, grow a business or, you know, formalize their business uh, idea, and they need different kinds of expertise. And so that's when the coaching services come into play. Uh, there is also just partnering with different groups. Uh, so access to capital may become relevant at that point. And for us, uh, the entire model is highly, highly collaborative. We don't believe in doing it all yourself. Uh, we're too small as an organization to try and meet all the needs of even just one entrepreneur. And so it's, you know, they need accountants and bookkeepers. They need lawyers, you, you know, some need HR advice. Uh, and so there is a host of um, also new technical, you know, more technical areas like data and data analytics, or um, there's so much that entrepreneurs this day, these days uh, need to uh, absorb. Uh, and so for us, it's about making sure that journey is manageable and meets them where they're at. Uh, you know, if somebody's trying to do something that's very hyper-local, um, you know, or very, very niche in their industry, they may need something very different uh, than maybe someone who's uh, still on a, a broader journey of uh, exploring their idea and um, and doing a lot of R&D and research. So it's uh, meeting people where they're at uh, and not letting the language, uh, you know, of, so for some, you know, it's like, ah, and is this an MBA? And it's like, we shy away from that. We want to make uh, this information as accessible as possible not use intimidating language, break down concepts like cash flow and PNL. I mean, just those words alone stop so many people in their tracks from ever taking the first step uh, because it just seems like only aliens start businesses, you know? And so we want uh, every mom out there 
uh, you know, and also people who have been systematically denied opportunities, um, people who are, you know, formerly incarcerated, who have done their time, who are out, who need to make a living, who need to support their families and get back um, and uh, get back to, you know, serving their communities in the best way possible. This is a country uh, for second chances. And this is a country that, um, and yet we haven't invested in the ability for folks to to be able to um, get on that path uh, where they may have more opportunities. Um, so this is about making it accessible. So whether you're a veteran or somebody who is, uh, you know, a refugee new to our country, it's very important that you understand how the economy works and, you know, and then you can make an informed choice. You can say, you know what, <laughs> it's better to go work for somebody else. Or you could say, hey, this is actually what I want to keep advancing. And it's a long term proposition. This isn't about, you know, a three month course and then you're done. This is about really making sure that uh, we take the time to invest over the long term and the potential of entrepreneurs in our communities. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, one thing that Rising Tide does and, and you do, um, and it's it's interesting is, um, you know, I had my book, Running Your Small Business Like a Pro, translated into Spanish by a gentleman down in Columbia. And he was, he was like, man, I wish I'd have read this four years ago. And he's like, you know, we need stuff like this down here because every single business is a small business. And, you know, in the U.S., you sort of think of business as big businesses. But even in the U.S., most businesses are small businesses. Um, and, and the dynamics are different. Um, and, you know, one thing that's great is you, you do everything in Spanish language as well as English. And I, I, don't, I don't think there are many organizations that, you know, do that at all or if they do, do it effectively. So what made you do that choice and how have you been able to be successful at that where many others have not? Uh, you know, what I can say for us is when we make a commitment, uh, we, you know, we, we do it with eyes wide open. As somebody, you know, who comes from a country like Ethiopia where we have 80 languages, you know, 200 dialects, it's, uh, it's so important to realize that language is not just, you know, translating something on a page. It's also cultural. And it's, you know, similar when you talk about, you know, Spanish. It's not just translating a curriculum uh, into Spanish. It's also having, you know, instructors and coaches uh, who are also Spanish speakers who can do more than just translating concepts they can also interpret and make meaning in a way that, um, you know, that really connects to the entrepreneurial and the business journey of the specific cultures. And uh, there's a lot of diversity within the Spanish uh, speaking language community. It's, there's so many different uh, nuances to pay attention to. So it took us a long time to actually get the capacity uh, and the know-how to do that. We have an incredible Spanish speaking, you know, and bilingual team. And there is a commitment uh, that when we, you know, decide to serve a, you know, a specific community that we do it well. And, uh, and we still struggle, you know, I, I appreciate you applauding our efforts. 
there's still long ways to go. There's still capacity constraints we have, uh, and we want to just keep getting better and better at it. And uh, and there's tremendous opportunity. Um, I mean, there is just so much opportunity to do incredible good to uh, unleash the creative forces of uh, immigrant communities and Spanish speaking speaking communities in particular. And your point is right that the vast majority when we talk about equity and inclusion in this country and the economics around it, the vast majority of entrepreneurs of color um, are small micro uh, businesses. They're tiny businesses. And we can hope all we want about, you know, we want growth and we want great jobs uh, for businesses that are owned by people of color. But at the same time, we have to face the reality of where the starting point is, acknowledge the value of or what exists already, and actually try to walk a mile in their shoes. And uh, once you do that, you realize how hard it is uh, and why it is that for those of us who are trying to do this uh, was not just a business perspective, but also a community and social justice perspective, we have to uh, realize that we have to start where the entrepreneurs are, not stand over here with resources and wait for them to come to us. We have to actually join them, roll out the welcome mat, understand their challenges. And for some, they'll grow and get on an escalator and that's what they wanna do. And then for others, there are very, very important reasons for why growth is not uh, you know, one dimensional. <laughs> it's not just growth and scale, uh, but uh, perhaps they need to just grow to a place where they can be sustainable, where the owner and their employees can be um, actually well taken care of uh, so that they can do a lot of the other important things that they're usually trying to also get done in community. We have, you know, entrepreneurs who are caring for elders while they're doing this. Uh, we have so many people now in particular in the, uh, in the environment that we're in with COVID, they're also taking care of those who are uh, sick and unwell and uh, childcare, you know, so there is a lot there and the social side of what it takes to do anything in the world has to be acknowledged, including what it means uh, when we talk about entrepreneurship. So, yeah, so <clears throat> definitely key to be inclusive and, um, you know, excellent to serve communities and, you know, to participate in rising tide capital, you don't have to have a business. You have to be interested and want to work on having a business, but it's not a requirement that you have to start a business if you don't have one either. Because, um, you know, even either way, you're creating, you know, capital <clears throat> for people in the community that they can use as their own business or support through employment but be more entrepreneurial because that's where everything is leading. Um, so what is your biggest challenge in running and growing Rise Thai Capital? You know, I think uh, a lot of business owners uh, will uh, agree with this probably. It's, um, it is creating, you know, I, I could tell you, of course, accessing capital, um, marketing and communications, technology, all of these are shared challenges for sure. Uh, but I think internally and, and personally, it's creating a culture and an environment where 
uh, those I work with uh, are also thriving. Uh, you know, you said this in the beginning, it's not just about surviving, this is about thriving and, um, and creating that culture for uh, fellow team members and internally, particularly when we're, you know, living through such a difficult time. Uh, that's a big part of the challenge because you have to be focused on your internal and what's happening in your business because without your people, without your team, uh, all of the rest of what you want to do externally in the world is, you know, basically impossible. You need a team that can um, lead, that can see uh, the different challenges, to, you know, complement your skill sets. And so that's, you know, one of the biggest challenges. And many of our entrepreneurs and business owners who are at a point where they're hiring struggle with that because HR, the compliance side, the team culture side, how you recruit, how you onboard, um, how do you develop and train your team, uh, all of those uh, nuances are extraordinarily challenging. And I know that a lot of small business owners who are who start hiring then go, oh my gosh, I have all these other things to do. How can I do this thing too? Rising Tide, can you actually do it for us? And we're like, oh, no, no, we're a small organization trying to also learn with you. And, and so there is definitely... Uh, that's one of the biggest challenges. And I will say that um, at the same time, it is a challenge, you know, worth uh, staying in, in the fight for. I think a lot of business owners, particularly right now, you know, we hear about, you know, people calling it quits at their jobs and, uh, but also for business owners and small business owners in particular, there's so many challenges that it's, it's a lot easier to just want to throw in the towel and say, you can't, like, how could you possibly do this? Um, and so I would say that we share those very similar challenges. Uh, we're, of course, anxious about uh, resources and, um, and then just watching at the moment, uh, you know, statistics like 40% of businesses owned by people of color being permanently shuttered. Right. Uh, it's like our kind of, you know, uh, it's like our Dunkirk moment uh, for those who are like into history and um, and have watched the movie Dunkirk from World War Two. It's like this is the moment where it feels like, yes, there could be big interventions there. There is already we're seeing relief and government relief, but there are also such tremendous challenges around how do you have those resources uh, that could be getting piped in actually reach the communities, the entrepreneurs uh, who are tired, who don't want to fill out yet another form, uh, who you know are not necessarily aware of which grant opportunities or which business loan opportunities make sense for who they are and where they are, um, and so there's exhaustion, and we have to you know I think uh, do everything we can to keep our motivation. Um, and I'm working on that. I'm making sure that I, you know, take the occasional run, uh, meditation, because, you know, for not sound of mind, it becomes easy to, you know, give up and or, you know, think you can't do it anymore. And so I'll share that that's something that we took very seriously at Rising Tide and March you know, 10th, as, as soon as the pandemic hit, we actually pulled our team together and uh, we started meditation sessions. So a morning and afternoons just to give us a sense of structure 
and it was facilitated by a team member. It's bilingual. It's still going on 18 months later. Every morning at 7.30 in the morning, we have bilingual facilitated meditation for folks to just get on and take a breath and reset and uh, and know that, um, you know, it's going to be okay. we got to hang in here together. Um, and I see, you know, one of our entrepreneurs is saying hello, and I'm excited, Pam. Uh, hi, Pam, uh, who's now on our team. So uh, I also get to work with a lot of our entrepreneurs, which is my most highest uh, pleasure. <laughs> okay. Excellent. No, I mean, definitely giving people opportunities is tremendous. Um, you know, you're doing a lot, a lot of great things. Um, thanks for your comments. Um, and we got people coming in from different areas of the country. Um, and you know, always appreciate your comments. If you have questions, feel free to put the question in the chat. We'd be glad to share with Alpha and get her perspective. Um, you know, one of the big things that um, that we look at as well is, um, and even you know, right now I'm in Savannah at a conference, and one of the big things is the talk about um, business ecosystems that you know you you can't be successful by yourself and really have to create a community and a system um, that supports entrepreneurship and business success. And, um, you know, how does that figure into rising tide capital? And, um, you know, what is your perspective on the importance of that? It is everything, Andrew. That is that ecosystem mindset um, is everything. That's why you know community is in the community business academy. I mean, when we were starting up, people said, "Oh, that's too long." Community business academy. Just call it a business academy, and we're like, mm, "It's not. It's a non-negotiable. Um, it's the most innovative thing." I think a lot of. Uh, Currently, what needs to shift and how uh, even higher ed and business schools across the country, and I know you're at University EDA, uh, you know, conference, uh, Andrew, it's our mindset has to shift around business, um, not just for the benefit of the world or just because, you know, that that is what will serve, but I think even for the sustainability of business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, and that's something that has been at the core of since day one of, you know, founding Rising Tide. Uh, for us, it's um, there is uh, absolutely a need to create an ecosystem approach. Uh, it's not about, you know, competing uh, because there is a larger mission and vision at work here. And uh, for us, uh, success looks like uh, inclusive entrepreneurs, inclusive communities of resilient entrepreneurs who are catalyzing an economy that is sustainable uh, and contributes to the thriving of families and um, neighborhoods everywhere. And to create that, you know, when you think about it, that is uh, about all of the different kinds of uh, supply chains and providers and vendors and uh, all of those folks who are actually in concert and working together and collaborating, that applies to us as a nonprofit. You know, when we started out, we thought, you know, what entrepreneurs need was financial capital. And so we thought we'd be a fund and we called it Rising Tide Capital. But within short, in, in short order, we realized there were 
first a number of organizations who are also nonprofits who had a fund and they were struggling to find entrepreneurs that they could either lend to or invest in. Uh, and they were talking about what does readiness look like? And then on the entrepreneur side, we could see that there weren't a lot of places that they could go to to actually get the kind of handholding and support and strategic support and coaching and education that meets them where they're at in their neighborhoods, in their communities, uh, nights and weekends when things are accessible to them. And a lot of uh, offerings were either, you know, you're on a university campus and you have to be on a university uh, or it's nine to five. Uh, but really, a lot of entrepreneurs are working day jobs and they're trying to start things nights and weekends. And so it's really about uh, designing uh, with the value that you want to create and then building an ecosystem around it. So when we were faced with that realization, we said, well, actually, we don't need to be another fund. We could have set ourselves up as a fund to say, oh, we also do this thing nights and weekends. We're like, there are all these funds that are struggling to find entrepreneurs and so why don't we actually focus and hone in on the parts that are gaps, that are unmet needs? Um, so, but then that means partnering and collaborating with all of these different lenders and different groups that do have financial capital and bringing the best of what we have to offer. And, you know, when you have that mindset, this is where it's like for us, it wasn't just about let's activate volunteers to be coaches. It's recognizing the kinds of ecosystem of services that our entrepreneurs needed meant accountants, lawyers, uh, people who are professional service providers like graphic designers and website builders and uh, you know people who can be marketing consultants and you name it. And we're like, well, you know, do we want to mobilize volunteers for all of those services to be provided for free? Or would we want to actually contract and support those other professional service providers so they can form relationships and an ecosystem of support? Uh, and so as we've also raised, you know, our uh, as we fundraise, we fundraise, we go out, we raise money to enable to seed that ecosystem uh, to contract, you know, for a lot of people, we may be their first contract, uh, you know, to be able to get their foot in the door, to get experience and then they become part of the ecosystem that supports the growth of local businesses uh, from the ground up. So it's very, very important to take an ecosystem approach and recognize that there are capital providers, there are advisors, there are those focused on you know, supply, supplier diversity programs, et cetera. We don't have to do it all on our own because that's how we you know, actually don't meet our goals um, collectively. We have to take an ecosystem approach. It's more sustainable um, and it's more interesting. And I would say it's more fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, definitely um, being involved with Rising Tide, um, you know, you can see um, at the graduations and at different events, people's enthusiasm and their um, connectedness and um, just really how it has positively impacted their lives. Um, and, you know, training is, is important and valuable, but even goes beyond that, um, which, is, which is tremendous. And, um, you know, looking at the time, we, we always, you know, an hour seems like it's a long time, but we're, we're almost there. So, um, you know, really 
always want to really, you know, wrap up with, you know, really three key things that you want people to take away from what we talked about that they can put to work immediately within what they're doing. Um, you know, take a second to think about it. Um, but, you know, definitely it's tremendous to have you on and sharing um, your story, your expertise, all the great things that you're doing for business owners. Um, if you're interested in participating in Rising Tide Capital, we shared the website. Actually, I'll share it again. Um, check them out. You can learn more about it. Learn, um, sign up to get assistance or for the Community Business Academy. Um, you know, and you know, really become part of the community. It's it's um, you know a lot of benefits, a lot of um, great connections, a lot of support because a lot of times being a business owner can be very lonely, and um, you know it's great that you build a community, but also support people, you know, by hiring graduates, maybe getting them their first opportunity to work um, within their business or, you know, supporting them as they grow um, makes a huge difference. Um, you know, it's made a huge difference for me as well, being able to you know, work with so many business owners and, um, you know, um, develop relationships, develop skills. So, um, you know, Definitely look forward to you. a lot of great things from Rising Tide. You know, you guys are still continuing to remake each other, um, remake the organization. Um, um, you know, I had a chance to participate in some focus groups talking about the future of what the organization's going to do. And, um, you know, I always say that, you know, running a business is one of the hardest things that you can do. The only thing harder is running a nonprofit because that's a harder <laughs> business to run. So uh, I got to give you a lot of really good credit for that. And we covered a lot of valuable information and topics, but really just want to take a second to distill it down to a couple things that you should definitely take away from what we discussed this evening. Uh, so great uh, question, Andrew, and, and thank you. And obviously, you know, uh, number one is uh, take the time uh, to take in some information, curated information, whether it's picking up Andrew's book or signing up uh, for uh, one of our programs. I mean, there are a lot of programs out there. Um, so pick, choose wisely because your time is everything, you know. I think that's uh, number one. It's like manage your time, manage your energy. Uh, you have 24 hours, uh, and in the age of COVID, it's you can't ever take your time on on this earth for granted, or your family and or your health. And so, uh, you know, manage your energy. Uh, do things that will nourish your capacity uh, to learn, and whether that's going for a run, uh, joining a meditation set, you know session. Um, definitely take that very seriously. So that's uh, that's number one. And you could always go on Rising Tide, email, say interested in joining resilience practices, and somebody will send you information about our morning meditation sessions uh, or our course at the Community Business Academy. Um, and I would say uh, also just you know connect, connect and share. Business is all about relationships. You know, be patient with yourself and with others. There's a lot of people who are inundated and they're busy. They may not be responsive, uh, but uh, know that 
continuing to reach out, continuing to put yourself out there is, uh, is very valuable and do so authentically, do so as yourself. Uh, you know, you don't, um, you don't want to be out there, uh, you know, so thin internally, like you want to be able to realize this is about mutual exchange of energy. So your life story matters, you matter, uh, you know, you are enough. Uh, don't go out there feeling like, you know, if you don't get that sale or if you don't get that investment or, you know, that it's a rejection of you as a human, you're, you're you know, infinitely valuable. So, um, you know, just go authentically as yourself and, and be very, you know, curious and remain curious and connect and make relationships um, and attend new things and uh, maintain an open-minded, curious mindset. Um, and then the other pieces, certainly from Rising Tide's perspective, you know, it's like it takes two to tango. So we have entrepreneurs who are putting their energy in. But if you happen to be somebody who's working a job and you have some additional capital, um, you know, this is a time when a lot of people are not traveling as much or going out to restaurants or, you know, your Uber you may have more capital than you've ever had before. So consider investing those resources in missions like Rising Tide Capital, where we can then uh, you know, pay for experts and others who can support local entrepreneurs. You can, if you have excess time, if you happen to uh, either be taking a break or not necessarily working full time, but you have ex extra time, uh, help us amplify our programs, uh, share resources like the Community Business Academy. You can go on Facebook or LinkedIn uh, or Instagram and watch what our team is doing to share out resources and then share those out with other entrepreneurs that you know. Uh, so it so it can take, you know, it takes a village and certainly contribute, you know, contribute financially, uh, buy locally, buy from, you know, the the local cleaning companies and contract locally. My entire life basically is uh, supported by our entrepreneurs and it gives me such tremendous satisfaction, whether it's, you know, maintaining my home or, uh, you know, uh, ordering local food. Uh, it's so, so important. And um, beyond that, you know, remain open. There is big, big work ahead of us. Uh, you know, the work of uh, taking care of our children, taking care of our elders, but also taking care of our planet is very important. Every single one of us who have who has breath in our body has something to do, something to give. And so please value yourself appropriately, which is that you are infinitely valuable, uh, but you have things to do and you can, um, you can actually uh, think very creatively about uh, how to resource yourself and being connected, contributing where you can, and uh, learning and, you know, making sure that if you have a dream, that you go for it. Don't give up. Okay. Excellent. So manage your energy, which I need to work on. Um, connect and share, which is great. Um, you know, as a business owner, your most important job is to market and sell. So um, you have to connect and share and um Generally, you know, you have to get your nose before you get your yes. So you have to be proactive about connecting with people and sharing and understanding that um, everybody's not going to say yes or say yes the first time, but you can't let that deter you because if you know, if you're passionate about what you do, 
you have to take the initiative and um, the, you know, by being persistent, um, that's when you get your opportunities and then remaining open. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of things being flexible so that, you know, you can move forward, be excited about what your potential is and really, um, you know, having a business is great, but it's really about having the business enhance your life. And um, that's, you know, the key. A lot of people never achieve that. Um, but that's sort of why there's programs like Rising Tide, why a lot of people do what they do like me, because, you know, there's some secrets to being able to do that. And everybody needs help in being able to get there. So thank you so much, Alpha, for taking the time to join us and share some valuable info. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you and um, definitely we'll have to have you have you back again. Yes, thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. We're so grateful for you. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, yes, manage your energy and get some sleep. <laughs> Join us on meditations in the mornings. <laughs> I might need to do that. I didn't know you guys were doing it, but I, I may, may need to do that. So uh, thank you very much. So another great episode, um, another great guest. And um, that's what Leadership Live is all about. Um, you know, as a business owner, you know, one of the keys is, you know, you, you have to be able to lead your organization and move forward. So. Um, each week we have different leadership um, topics and skills um, and learning opportunities for you as a business owner. We appreciate you tuning in, your comments, your feedback, um, and you know, really having such great guests that are willing to take the time out of their busy schedule to um, to to participate. So, um, you know, this was a great show, and you know, at the end of the day. You know, as a business owner, the more you know, the faster you're going to be able to grow. Good night. Thank you for listening to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com.